reason to that at the very, very end, but no church tonight. Wow. Triumphant entry, triumphal entry, some people call it. Um, also, I guess in the natural, it wasn't too triumphant, right? Because it, it ushered in his death. Um, but certainly this is a holy week. This is the last week uh, of those who participate in Lent. And just, a, just a little bit of a calendar of, of what Christ went through. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get to um, our, uh, our reading, our text today. It will be out of, uh, out of John, and we will um, have somewhat, somewhat of a traditional message today, and then in other ways that it's not. But on Monday, Jesus finally arrives in Jerusalem. And on Monday uh, before Passover, that's when the Passover lambs were selected. So uh, that when Christ arrives, you get it. The, the ultimate uh, sacrifice, the ultimate lamb, uh, enters in the same day that the lambs uh, for Passover are selected. On Tuesday, it's when the, the covert plans to, to kill Jesus uh, took place with the, uh, the high priests and the Pharisees. On Wednesday is when Christ, and he, he was trying to paint a picture for his disciples, but he, he really shared with them that, hey, I, I will be crucified um, at Passover. That's the same day that Judas really made, made his true plans uh, to betray Christ. On Thursday was the, uh, the Passover, the, the Seder meal uh, with his disciples. That's the same, uh, this, this picture up here, when uh, our picture window, a uh, beautiful picture window of uh, Christ in Gethsemane. Uh, this is that same day Christ was, had his first trial, Friday. Crucified. We call that Good Friday. I don't really know why that's called Good Friday, but you, you get the picture. Um, and later he was buried that day, Saturday. Um, he lay in a tomb uh, on that Sabbath. And then Sunday came. Sunday came. Sunday came. The first day of the week. And next Sunday, and I'll, I'll say it today, He is risen was the message. He is risen. Glory to God. And um, But... This week is a uh, leads leads into as we celebrate a resurrection, a resurrected Savior, and it is a holy week. And many people will uh, fast a meal. Um, some people will fast a couple of meals, and some people will actually not eat this week, this whole week. So it is to commemorate and also to participate with the sufferings of Christ and all that he dealt with this, this holy week. So what I would ask for you to consider that. To uh, For most of us, it won't hurt to push away a meal or two, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so, uh, so consider that. As I was preparing for uh, our service, our time together this morning, I was reminded, uh, it just kept coming back to me, the uh, first series of the year. For, for those who remember, it was about uh, waiting for the Lord, waiting on the Lord, and we added with that, with intention. And one of the verses that I read, is no need to turn to this, but I'm going to read out of Second Peter. And this is one of the verses that I shared as we're waiting on the Lord. He really isn't slow about his promised return, even though it is sometimes seems that way. But he is waiting for good reason, that he is not willing that any should perish. He has given more times for sinners to repent. A 
I've been re recently thinking about the, the second coming of Christ. Uh, I had a great conversation with a couple of guys around that, kind of a deep conversation about the second coming of the of Christ uh, when we were cooking chickens a, a couple of Saturdays ago. And um, and then I remembered in Naked and Afraid series, we actually talk, uh, talked about the, the coming of Christ, that he will come as a, a thief in, in the night. And, and we, we mentioned about our, may we be prepared, may we be ready, may we have, whatever that means, right, oil in our lamp to be waiting and watching for him. So um, my mind has been around this, this kind of thing, the coming back of Christ, waiting on, on the Lord, and uh, it kind of flowed into my, my thoughts for this uh, sermon today. Um, but as, as we turn to uh, John 12, um, you, you turn, you look it up in your um, in your tablets. I'm just going to um, pray again over our uh, over our time together. Somebody, God, we uh, as we are searching out your scriptures and we're finding your um, your message through John. Father, we ask that you would speak to us through your word. God, I ask that in, uh, we take a captive uh, thoughts that would carry our mind outside of this room. But God, may we be focused in on you. May our hearts be open. May my, our ears be attentive to hear what uh, you desire to, to say to us to, today uh, through these uh, short scriptures. In the mighty name of Jesus, And we, we say we need you today. We need Holy Spirit. So come, Lord. In a manifestational way, in Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 12, I'm begin with verse 1. Jesus, therefore, six days before Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was. Apologies for my uh, my leaking eyes, or almost leaking eyes this morning. Um, hallelujah. I'll start over. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was the one one of those reclining at the table for him. And Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume, pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. I'm probably to say, this was about, this was the worth of this ointment, this, this nard was about a, a year's wage. And my, my mind quickly goes to uh, where is your treasure at? Where is your treasure at? What are you sowing into? We participate. We participate in, in prayers. Uh, the, the Lord's prayer is that Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. But are you sowing? Are we sowing into the kingdom with our time? Are we sowing into our finances? And let me let me get back to my reading. I know that's a tangent. <coughs> And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of her, uh, her, her, her perfume, the perfume. 
these three verses have really moved me um, this week. It's such a beautiful family portrait. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They were siblings. And uh, what, what an impact this Jesus, this Messiah, had made on this family. Lazarus, Martha serving in this picture. Actually, that word serving is from a, a Greek word that uh, means an attendant or active service. That's where we get the word deacon from. And then Mary, what, she, what is she doing? She's anointing the feet of Jesus, preparing him for the days ahead, uh, worshiping and uh, preparing him for, for the days ahead. But if we could just go back just a, a, a few moments in time, you know, as for on the calendar, this is very close to to, um, to the same, not the same day, but just you know, it's very in uh, the time uh, time span is very close. So I want to read just a couple of scriptures out of John 11. So it's the the prior chapter, because Mary and Martha, as I as I read 12, I think about what they had just gone through. And in John chapter 11, and uh, out of verse 21, and then again out of verse 32, this is how it reads. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And just a few verses later in 32, it says this. Therefore, when Mary came, there Jesus was. She saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And most of you know the story about Lazarus dying, but he was raised from the dead. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus changed this family's um, situation. And I believe God, God, Christ, Holy Spirit wants to change you, change me, change, change our family situation as well. But as I read this, and I know the truth of the scripture here, there was a time when Mary and Martha had to wait in a very difficult situation. There was a period of waiting. But again, I'll say, and we know the story, Jesus changed the situation. And in my notes here, this is what I wrote down. There may be areas in your life that you've given up on. There may be situations where you really literally feel that they're dead. Hear me and hear me well. The Lord, Christ Jesus, he brings dead things to life. From the writings of Ezekiel, he says, Son of man, can these dead bones live? And I believe that certainly speaks to the future of the, the, the tribes of Israel. But I believe it also speaks to us here today. That the things that have appeared dead to us, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, can change them and what seems dead will be brought back to life. He said, uh, and actually in John again, I am the life. And that speaks to many levels. But if you're in despair today, the Lord is in your waiting. Let's continue on reading verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said to her, as Mary had anointed him and was anointed him, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And the large crowd of Jews then learned that he was there. 
and that he came not for Jesus' sake only, but for those who might see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death also. Because of the account of him, uh, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. And let, let's uh, continue to read verse 12. This is where uh, the, I guess, the traditional uh, scripture, one of them, uh, as we read in John, which is uh, 11 verses, and it's the, really the shorter one of the, of the synoptic gospels. Uh, John's is, uh, his um, passage is a, a little bit shorter, but I'm going to read uh, 12 through 16 here. This is as his, he was descending on, upon Jerusalem. He was leaving the, the, uh, the Mount of Olives going into Jerusalem, and it reads like this. And on the next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him. Now, where I've, uh, the places I've read at, there's some large exaggerations of how large this crowd was, but Jerusalem, um, the, the number I really settled on, Jerusalem, the, the, those people living there, uh, was around 30,000 people. Now, there are high estimates that over a million people were there for, for the feast, for the Passover, uh, but more, maybe more conservative numbers, 150 to 180,000 people, but a, certainly a lot, a lot larger crowd in Jerusalem as we read this, uh, as we read this passage. And the Lord, large crowd began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Even the king of Israel, Jesus finding a young donkey, sat on it. And as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. And these things his disciples did not understand at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him, that, had, that they had done these things to him. And again, even as I, I read this passage, I think about waiting. I think about the, the crowd um, getting ready to, um, to to say, shout out, Hail King Jesus or Hosanna, uh, God save the King, because they were believing that he was ushering in a change uh, from the, the, the Roman stronghold and that there's a new man in town, new king in town. Um, but some in, in front of the procession, some of them in, in the back, but those who were waiting in the streets, um, throwing their cloaks, throwing, having uh, break, breaking palm uh, branches out to uh, to give honor unto him, and uh, maybe some in this crowd, maybe they were hearers, maybe they were hearers of uh, Christ's teaching at another time, at another place, uh, because we know that uh, Christ went and his disciples went from town, uh, city to city. Uh, but maybe they were recipients of of a miracle, or maybe they saw a miracle. Maybe it was uh, one of those uh, times when he fed uh, 5,000 or he fed 4,000, and maybe they were uh, on the receiving end of, uh, of a good meal. Um, somebody sent me a, a text message uh, about that not long ago about uh, kind of a, a fish, uh, a, a sardine sandwich, you know, and uh, I said, it sounds a whole lot better when you read it out of the Bible, but a sardine sandwich, it just don't sound, sound good. But it, we still believe that he fed, he fed 4,000 one time, and he fed uh, 5,000 the next time. And I was just thinking about those, those that were waiting. 
you know, and, uh, and participating in this, and that they could say, here comes the Messiah, here, here he comes, I get to see him this time. And uh, it's just a, a, just a beautiful picture as I, as I begin just to, to, to um, run it over and, and play it over in my mind. But I was wondering here, I know Carissa tried to get exhort us one time to, to, to shout out to the Lord or clap our hands, but I'm just wondering if there's anybody, maybe a Mary in the house, that wants to give praise to God today, maybe to give him adoration today, maybe to give him praise today, give him glory today, maybe a hand clap. Is anybody here that can do that with us as we... Uh, Participate in this uh, this same scripture, the sound of uh, him being ushered in into Jerusalem. Anyone that will say, "All hail, King Jesus! All hail, Emmanuel, the Lord of Lords!" Can can we can we do that? Can we give him a hand clap today, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Healer, the God of all creation? As the song says, "If the stars were made to worship." So will I. The all creation speaks of his praises. So will I. Can we lift the sound to him? Can we lift the sound to who we believe is, is the, the coming Messiah? The King Jesus. Let's not be bashful about our praises. My God, help us not to be bashful about our praise to him. Thank you, Lord. Because if it, look, it's been a, you know, several years since one of my kids played played sports. But when I go, I still yell for the team I want to win. And I'm not bashful. I'm not ashamed to do that. You want them to do well. But if anybody is worthy of us lifting our voice, mm -hmm. it's our mighty God. Yes. It's our mighty God. Yes, Don't let your enemies steal your voice. Yes, and sometimes that happens. We, we, we seize up in a worship service and then we're scared to move, we're scared to say anything and then as soon as we say, amen, and, hey, well, what, are you, what are we grabbing for lunch? Or, I mean, it's like, wow, we, we're awakened in our voice box and we can all, all of a sudden say something. Praise God. Amen. Praise Him. It's okay. It's, this is not even in the notes. It's okay. Let's do it. Let's, let's worship Him today. But I still, my mind is captured on this waiting. And I wonder as I read and I reread and I'm reading different, uh, some of the different gospels. But those that were waiting in line, I feel like some of them had seen and heard Jesus before. But maybe some of them, they were waiting on Jesus to perform a miracle in their own life. Maybe some had, had journeyed to Jerusalem for the Passover and they didn't have enough food. And maybe they had heard that Jesus uh, fed the 4,000 to 5,000. Maybe they heard about that and they were, they were getting in line just to, to maybe get some food from him. Maybe waiting to be healed. Maybe just waiting to see him. I don't know. Maybe that he would, would touch them. Or maybe vice versa, as he slipped by, maybe I can touch him. I don't know what they were thinking, but it, my mind is captured around that. This doesn't fit, but I felt like I was supposed to say this today. Maybe somebody was waiting for the parable to come true 
where he speaks about that the shepherd would leave the 99 and go to the one. God will not leave us behind. The promise is true. He will not leave us without a comforter. He's going to prepare a place for you, but the Holy Spirit is right here in this service today to minister to you, to minister to us. He's not, he's not far off. He's very close. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Our God is not far off. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. He'll draw. That's, that's the rest of it. And he'll draw near to you. But I wonder for us here today as we take this scripture and maybe apply it to our lives. What are we waiting for? Waiting for maybe some type of breakthrough in our life. Maybe needing an answer to a prayer. I'll go back to what I said earlier. Maybe something that seems dead in our life and you need God to blow life into it. Maybe you're waiting to be healed. Maybe you're waiting for some kind of relief to a situation that you, you can't see how it's going to work out. Maybe you're waiting for a relationship to be reconciled. He was for Mary and Martha. And he is today. He's a way maker. Our God is a way maker. And he wants to change. He didn't just change Lazarus and Mary and Martha's life. He wants to change our life too. He wants to touch you and right where you're at and minister to you right where you're at. Today, if you're here and you desire to connect with God, he's wanting your response. You may feel like you're waiting on God. He may be waiting on you to respond. If you're looking for answers, if you're looking for direction, if you're needing more grace that you, you presently have to walk through a situation or even be around certain people, if you're needing peace this morning, I know a man that can deliver all of this and so much more. In a similar passage with the triumphal entry or maybe non-triumphal entry, uh, uh, it kind of came to me today because in the natural it certainly is not much of a triumph. In the spirit, though, it is. I'll read just a couple verses out of Luke 19. Luke 19, 39 through 42. Isn't that setting really cool? Is that nice? Yeah. It's not quite finished, but uh, that'll be part of um, next week. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, a short live um, Last Supper scene. But Luke 19, 39 through 42. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will uh, cry out. 
And when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it. If you had known in this day, even you, the things which much which make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And again, I see waiting in this. As Jesus comes to, to, uh, into Jerusalem, he, he weeps over, uh, over the city. What was Jesus waiting for during that time? Just some, some of the things that go through my mind. For his own people to accept him. For the scribes and the Pharisees to have this revelation of really who he is. They knew the scriptures so well of the Old Testament. They knew it so well. Much better than we do. But they just couldn't scales on their eyes or whatever it is that but was Jesus waiting for them to have a revelation and maybe for his disciples to to grasp the depth and the breadth and the vastness of, of his love uh, from the father and I wonder today as we read this this these couple passages out of John and out of Luke do we see the prophetic message that this is speaking uh, to the points of his second coming is he waiting on me? Is he waiting on you to respond to his love? <laughs> is he waiting for, for you, to, for me, to cast our cares upon him? What is Christ waiting for, for you and me for? Out of Matthew says, as far as casting our cares, it says, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. What is he waiting for? Is he waiting for me to embrace him and his kingdom now? Not something that's far off and waiting for a second coming, but right now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is Christ waiting for from you this morning? And again, as the first scripture I read out of Peter, I'll, I'll read it one more time in, in closing. He really, he really isn't being slow upon his promised return, even though it sometimes seems that way. But he is waiting for the good reason that he is not willing for any to perish, and he is given more time for sinners to repent. I'm going to ask um, we, we, in this this um, closing song, it's got a phrase in it. It says, "Watch your triumph unfold. Don't forget about his great faithfulness. Hold on." To your hope, the name of this this um, song is called "Take Courage," and I just feel like that. That's I guess why the Holy Spirit steered me in this direction. I just feel like some of us are kind of waiting on God to show up to do something. I don't know, and I feel like God's waiting on you. Wait, God's waiting on us to respond to Him. Whether it's to cast our cares on him, to bring our, our, our burdens, to bring our, our sin and our confession 
So um, I'll ask um, Tyler um, or Chase if he would to, to play. During this application, please respond to the message up here if, if you uh, need to.
as this kicks off the the Holy Week, my prayer is that uh, this sermon will come back to you. And also my prayers I hear the ring. Um, maybe the it says that the, the latter rain will be greater than the, the, the earlier or the previous. And that's my prayer for your life. That as you grow, as we grow, as we mature, that there will be an awakening and there will be a, a thirst in you and us uh, to, to want to want more. I've got I think my battery check check. I think my battery died, so I'll raise my voice a little bit. Um, there it goes. Okay. Um, you guys can continue to pray. I'm just going to make a, a couple of announcements. You can please give me your ear. Uh, several things here. I've got I've got five. You can count them all. This is one. Should be a group sign-up sheet for our um, groups. Uh, as we go out, uh, you sign up. We're going to begin groups on uh, the week. Not this week, but it'd be the next week after after Easter. Uh, uh, so the sign-up sheets are in the back. So we'll do sign-ups this week, and then we'll, we'll do sign-ups next Sunday as well. There's no church tonight. What number is this? Two. Two. There's no church tonight. Okay? And for the ones that were here last Sunday night, um, maybe I should apologize for how hard I hit this, this uh, podium, but I probably won't. But I was talking about mountains, and uh, we're not going to have church tonight. I want, I'm trying to encourage everyone to go to this movie. It's playing in Houston. Um, it's probably suited for teens. Uh, it is definitely not suited for um, younger kids. Uh, it's based on a true story. Uh, please go and support this movie. Where am I at? Number three, as you exit, um, somebody's going to hand you some more uh, invite cards. There's about four or five of these left. Please uh, invite folks. Grab, I think there's five, six left. Grab these. Uh, um, we'd like for all to be placed um, in, in uh, shouting out to our community because we want more to come, right? So what, what's it called? Connect. Connect 160. So on average, what we're asking for, everybody needs to bring at least. So if everybody brings, we just one more, right? You get the picture. Please invite somebody. Um, next Sunday is Easter. Easter. What time is our service? Eleven o'clock. Eleven. There's another service. Um, Pastor Russell Blanchard and the um, the faith community at Center Hill Baptist has invited all of you guys uh, to the sunrise service, which is at 6.30. And I think a guy named um, Walt Byron will be doing the message. So, and number, I'm on number five, and I've got it. I love you guys. I hope you have a great week.
Thank y'all for being here today. God bless you. Don't.